right hand of the Father, and he gave you ascension life. He gave you recreation life. He gave you resurrection life. Every spiritual blessing, this is kind of a review to where we're getting to today. Every spiritual blessing in Christ is given to you. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And I just want to say something to you. Don't walk around in this world like you're broken. Like you're a broken person. Because you, you might make a mistake or something like that. That does not redefine you as broken. You're defined by Christ. You're seen through the blood. You see that? It is such a lie of the devil to help to keep people thinking that they are broken in some form or fashion. Here's what I know. I'm redeemed. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. He paid a price for me. And I'm not going to go around talking that I'm a broken individual. I'm glorified through Jesus Christ. You see that? My scripture tells me nothing missing, nothing broken. So I'm either going to believe that or I'm not going to believe that, and I'm going to choose to believe that. How about you? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. You're redeemed. Ephesians 1, 3, NIV. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You need those spiritual blessings here and now. You need them here. He wants you to have them here to do his work now. From the Aramaic, blessed is the God and the Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, he who has blessed us. See that word has? It's past tense. He who has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in heaven in the, in the Messiah. You see that? Just as he chose us beforehand in him from before the foundation of the universe, you were chosen to be in him before the foundation of the universe. Aren't you glad you accepted the invitation? In Christ, nothing missing, nothing broken. That... Okay, that. That's an important word. That. The word that means resulting in. So that. The consequence of. We shall be holy and without spot before him. And he ordained us. Ordained you. Beforehand in love for himself. You have been ordained to be in his love for him. And he has constituted us as children by Yeshua the Messiah as that is pleasing to his will. You see what his will is? His will is for you to be his child. Get it? That, another important word, the glory 
of his grace may be praised, that which overflows upon us. Do you see that? It overflows upon us. He has not held it back by his beloved one because of Jesus. So there is one faith that you need to have, and that is faith in Jesus. Right? Faith in Jesus. It's because this has occurred because of his beloved one, Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah. So, what do we have to do? We just have to learn to walk in that love relationship. That's all we have to do. And he makes it so very easy. He really does. He makes it so very easy because of the great love that he pours out upon us. If every person gets to know the great love of the Lord for them personally, they cannot help but pour back that love unto him and to others. They cannot help, they cannot deny the love of the Lord. It is greater than any other thing. And when we come to an understanding of how much we are loved by our Father, we cannot help but pour that love out. His glory, His goodness. Okay? It's, we simply draw nigh unto our Father. We simply draw nigh unto God. When we do that, we are transformed by the Holy Spirit into his very likeness and image. He's already placed that in us, right, in our spirit, and we just have to walk out and draw nigh unto him, and it just comes out bigger and bigger and bigger. You see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? And then we, re re we reveal the glory that he has given us. Right? Okay. John 17, 7. Now I know that everything whatsoever you have given me, this is, this is Jesus talking, I know that everything whatsoever you have given me is from your presence. See that? So when we dwell in the presence, you see that's a key. We just dwell, we draw nigh, we dwell in the presence. Everything whatsoever you have given me is from your presence. For the words that you gave me, I have given them, and they have received them and known truly that I have proceeded from unity with you. See? Our union with the Father. Everything proceeds from our union with our Father. I pray over them. I was not praying over the world. But I was praying for those whom you have given me. For they are yours and they have believed that you have sent me. That's what you need to do, right? And you've done that. You've taken that step. And everything that is mine is yours, and yours is mine, and I am glorified in them. Where's Jesus glorified? In you. 
Absolutely, in you. Verse 16, for they are not from the world, even as I am not from the world. See, you've been translated into a new kingdom. You walk in a new atmosphere. Verse 21, and see, this is just because you believed. It is because you have received Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. The law of the spirit of life is now that which governs you. See that? Remember we studied that a couple weeks ago. 21, that they all shall be one, just as you, my Father, are in me and I am in you, so they also shall be one in us. Union. 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 See that? 22. And I have given them the glory that you have given me. So don't stop me and tell me that it's blasphemous to believe that you carry the very glory of God. I won't believe you if you tell me you don't, if you're a believer in Jesus. I will only take you from that point and try to help you understand what you already have, what is already in you. Because if you don't understand that it's in you, you can't very well give it out. And I have given them the glory that you have given me. You see, this is a new time, beloved. You we all, the church, needs to wake up and realize that this is a new time. You see, our life doesn't end at the cross. We're not waiting from, for some eternal crown. You're going to get an eternal crown. You see that? But it didn't end at the cross. You got resurrected with the Lord Jesus Christ, and his glory shines upon you. Arise and shine, for his glory has come. See? That's not something you're waiting for. He has something for you to do now. Be engaged now. Be the church now. If you look around you and you see something wrong in the world, just look at the church. The church fell asleep. So wake up. Realize that it is the church that restrains us. The Antichrist spirit. Boom! Don't point a finger at the world. They don't have what you have. They don't know what you know. When are you going to use the keys? When are you going to walk in the glory? When are you going to allow it to move through you? When are we going to just keep drawing nigh unto God, nigh unto God, nigh unto God? 
When are we going to receive the love that he truly has shed abroad in our hearts and understand what it has done and give it out and give it out and give it out? When are we going to put away the flesh? When are we going to pick up our cross? Yeah. And everybody has something. And I have given them the glory that you have given me so that they shall be one. Oh, my good, 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 good Lord. Look what he has done for you. How much does he trust you? You have been made his ambassador. He trusts you so much. He has joined you as one unto his heart. He has faith in you. So that they shall be one, just as we are one. So that the world shall believe that you have sent me. See, that's the whole goal. That's all we care about. I in them and you in me, so that they shall be perfected as one. And so that the world shall know that you have sent me. And that you have loved them just as you have loved me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I will, his heart's desire, that these whom you have given me shall also be with me, that they shall see my glory which you have given me. You need to see his glory now. You need to be aware of his glory now. When you get to heaven and see all that glory, that's awesome. But when you get to heaven and see that glory, are you going to be able to save any more souls? Your time of discipling is now. Because you have loved me. Where was I? (laughs) I'm sort of getting carried away today. Father, I will that these whom you have given me shall also be with me that they shall see my glory which you have given me because you have loved me from the foundation of the world. And he loves you the same. My righteous Father, although the world has not known you, I have known you. And these you believers, have known that you have sent me and I have revealed to them your name. He accomplished the will of the Father. I have revealed to them your name and I am revealing it so that the love with which you have loved me shall be in them. And I shall be in them. I have a question to ask. What more do you need? What more do you need? Nothing. I'll answer it for you. Because nobody answered me. Nothing. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You have been given all you need. You are adequate. You are qualified. 
You are not inadequate. You are not broken. You have everything you need because you are in Jesus. Power, authority. God the Father in Christ, Christ in him, and Christ in us. You know, we all focus on that scripture that says we're co-heirs with Jesus, but you know what it says right before that? Heirs of God! Hallelujah. The very glory of God through Christ, walking this earth to do the very same thing that Jesus did and greater work shall you do, enabled by the Holy Spirit. That's you. That's me. Every single one of you is a minister of his glory. Hallelujah. (laughs) We are all called to do exactly what Jesus did, just different shades of glory. That's it. Just different, different, he's, he's given you all your own personality. He's given you all the characteristics that is uniquely, those characteristics that are uniquely you. And those are to be celebrated. And he gave them specifically to you because he needs you in a very special way to reach someone else who is very special to him. And don't act like you're too young, young people over there. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the youth, beloved. The Holy Spirit in a young person on fire for God does just as much as the Holy Spirit in an older person on fire for God. It is your job as the elders of this church to invest in the youth and to invest in youth all around you. They don't have to be in this church. But you better be investing truth of the gospel. Beautiful are the feet of those who take the gospel. We're not going to be ashamed of the gospel. We're going to share the gospel. It is time for the the church, the body of the believers, to step out and flood the earth with his glory as the waters cover the sea. You just think about that as you walk into a room. You think about the fact that you are the glory come to, sh- to flood the place with waters as they cover the sea. You think about that. That's what you're doing when you walk into a room. You are destined to walk in new revelation of the word You are destined to be his authority and his power and his strength and his love and his goodness here on the earth. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And last time I checked, it didn't have anything missing in it. You see? And it has been placed in you to heal the sick, to set the captives free, to cast out demons, bring hope. That's who you are in Christ. 
We take seriously this new realm in which we walk. We walk in the kingdom of glory. And then we transfer that kingdom of glory and light and love and goodness of God to everything around us. Light dispels the darkness. Glory gets rid of evil. You are going to flood, I decree this over you, you are going to flood the world with the glory of God. So how do we do this? Well, we build relationship with our Father. We set our sights on higher things. We do not allow ourselves to be of the world. You walk here because you need to have an effect for the Lord here, but you don't become a part of it. You separate yourself unto the things of God. 2 Corinthians 5.4. Now, I'm going to warn everybody today, when I start reading this scripture, I know exactly where your minds and your hearts are going to go. You're going to say that this is about when we go to heaven. That to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay? So yeah, that is very true. So I'm not taken away from that, but we know that the word has more, has layers. Right? We know that the word has layers. So I'm going to be talking about this one scripture. But if you go back into the prior chapters of 2 Corinthians, you're going to see that it's talking about renewing the inner, inner, inner man. You're going to see that it's talking about being enlightened by the knowledge of the glory. Okay? So we're going to look at this scripture, and we're going to understand that it's also talking about the fact that we put off the body. That's our job. The fleshly that we exchange the flesh for the spirit, mortality for immortality, death for life here. Okay, yes, it is eternal, but we're going to be talking about here because this is an important thing to do. 2 Corinthians 5, 4. And I'm going to be again reading out of the Aramaic and plain English. For as we are now in this house, right here, this body, we are made to groan by its weight. Okay, you see that? We're made to groan by the weight of the bodily, of the, of the fleshly. And we do not want to strip it off, but to put on over it. Well, what are we going to put on? We're going to put on Jesus. We're going to, is it warm in here? We're going to put on Jesus. We're going to put on the spiritual. We're going to get rid of the flesh. We're going to get rid of the lusts of the flesh, of the desires of the world. We're going to go after the desires of our Father, the heart of God. We do not want to strip it off, but to put on over it that its mortality may be swallowed up by life. See that? Here. So that you can be effective for him here. 
Because if you're just caught in your own fleshly desires, the things that aren't pleasing to God, that's a problem. So we, we draw into that unity with him. We seek his presence. We draw into his presence. And then that fleshly stuff gets put off, and we walk in the Spirit. Okay. That its mortality may be swallowed up by life, and he who prepares, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, he who prepares us for this is God. You are being prepared by God. You have been prepared by God. He it is who gives us the down payment of his Spirit. That's how you do this. By the Holy Spirit. By the way, we all really need to stop saying the Holy Spirit. We don't say the Jesus. We don't say the God. He's just as much a person of the Trinity. We really should just say Holy Spirit. That's his name. I don't walk up to you, Carolyn, and say the Carolyn. No, but you know what I'm saying? It's like we sort of move move him into a third place, like somewhere else. He's just as important. He's just as much. You see that? So we should just say Holy Spirit. Because we know therefore, and we are convinced, that as long as we dwell in the body, mortality, the flesh, the things of the earth, we are absent from our Lord. Anything that we do in this life that displeases God makes us absent. We draw back. That's us drawing back. That's not him taking his love away or anything. But we draw back. We make a separation. That's our choice. We are convinced that as long as we dwell in the body, we are absent from our Lord. For it is by faith that we walk and not by sight. Because of this, we trust and we long to depart from the body. And yes, I do long to depart from this body to go be with God eternally. But shouldn't we be longing to depart from the things of the flesh and the body here? To be more and more pleasing to our Father? Walking united with our Father? And to be with our Lord. We are diligent that whether away from home or an inhabitant, we may be pleasing to him. You need to be pleasing, we need to be pleasing to him here. Okay? So, our goal is to please him. That's our goal. So if, if, if you don't like my interpretation of this, on this level, just go back and read Second Corinthians. Read all of chapter 4. And I can give you a few examples. 6. We may be enlightened with the knowledge of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. See, that's what he wants us to do in the here and now, that the life of Jesus might also be made manifest in our bodies. Okay? The life of Jesus manifests in our bodies here. That's verse 10. But anyway, just go back and read that on your own. So, yes, this is talking about going to be with him, but it's also about our walk here. We are commanded. It is necessary that we separate ourselves from the things of the world system.
and reclothe ourselves in the things of the Spirit, the love of God, the goodness of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 4 again, and we do not want to strip it off, but to put on over it that its mortality may be swallowed up by life. So, we do this by attending to the prospering of our souls. Okay, we do have a job to do. We are the ones that must prosper our souls through the power of the Holy Spirit. 3 John 1, 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Most people stop there. They do. That's what they quote. I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. But the thing is, it's even as your soul prospers. It's not just, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. It's as your soul prospers. So John, if you read the rest of this, John goes on and he entirely connects this with walking in the truth. Walking in the truth of the gospel. Your soul will prosper when you choose, when I choose to walk in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To honor the truth of the word. When you honor the truth, when you honor Jesus, when you seek his presence, the glory deposited in you cannot help but come out. God will see to it. So we go on and we read, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayst prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. That is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and there is no other truth. So my destiny, your destiny, is to be transformed into his image as we walk in the truth. As we walk in the truth. Romans 8, 29. And those whom he foreknew, listen to this, he also fashioned in the likeness of the image of his son. That's you that he would be the firstborn of many brethren, you're the brethren, and those whom he prefashioned, he called, and those whom he called, he made righteous, and those whom he made righteous, he glorified. Does anybody have an argument with that? <laughs> we would be foolish to argue with that. It says right here, those whom he made righteous, he glorified. As a believer, are you the righteousness of God in Christ? So what are you walking in? What are you going to talk? See? Are you going to keep thinking it's something you got to chase? 
Or are you going to believe that you have it? And just him working through you is going to bring it to pass. You see that? You are the glory carrier. I have received the same inheritance, the same glory as Jesus, and so have you. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, we talked a little bit about that so far, in order that we may also share in his glory. There is a crucifying that we need to do. Correct? Am I correct? Now, let me just explain this. There is another embodiment of his glory. When Moses said to the Lord, show me your glory, what did the Lord respond? He said, I will show you my goodness. Right? So when we respond to situations, to life circumstances, when we understand the love of God for us, when we understand his goodness toward us, and then we come to difficult life situations and life choices, and then we act in the goodness that we've seen him give us, we are responding with the glory. Right? Now I'm not really trying to make this a mechanical thing. This is all of the spirit. It's all of the heart. It's all of drawing into the presence of God. I'm only just trying to say how it works, right? Because if you understand the love and the goodness of God toward you, then you're going to check yourself when someone is mean to you, when, someone tr- when you want to be offended by something that somebody does, when you want to gossip about someone, when you want to take someone down because they did something bad to you, you will check yourself and you will say, how would the goodness of God respond in this situation? Lord, I want to be a vessel of your glory. Do not let me do anything that is not out of your goodness. So you want to know how to walk in love? Just do it like that. Just get your soul out of the way. Get, hang on to the truth of the gospel. Hang on to the love of God, the goodness and mercy. Find out what it says in this book. You will not cross any situation in life that you cannot find an answer right here. It's only going to be a matter of if you want to agree or disagree. And when you agree, the glory shows. So, that's how we strip off the mortal. And we clothe ourselves in the spirit and the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the glory of God. We reclothe ourselves. It's your job. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we draw nigh to him with every decision. What are you going to watch on TV tonight?
You going to feed on fear? Is anyone going to feed on fear? See, we don't do that. We don't do that. We pay attention to what we're putting in our eye gate and our ear gate. Everything we do, honestly, I'm serious, anything we do should be checked by this. It's not okay to just do something because that's what we always do or that's what's accepted by society. You see? Goodness gracious, I know y'all might laugh at me, and believe me, I do a ton wrong. I am like, I am not a perfect individual. Oh, did you guys know that? <laughs> I am not a perfect person. I will point the finger at me anytime, really honestly, like if it comes to something that's messed up in my life, you know, if there's a situation that's difficult, I will always point the finger to me first. Where didn't I listen? Where didn't I listen? Because the Holy Spirit's always talking. Okay? So don't think I'm odd when I say this. But truthfully, I will even, like, ask the Lord what to put on in the morning. Because you might go out there, and someone will come up to you, and they'll go, wow, I like that shirt. No, I'm serious. I really am serious. And then, they, and then that might lead to a whole conversation about you being able to talk to them about the Lord that you didn't even know that you would have had. Right? Because every opportunity is an opportunity to share the Lord. Right? Everyone you talk to, whether it's maybe that they're lost and need to be saved or maybe it's a discipling situation, we should look at every person that we meet as an opportunity as either to strengthen one another or to save the lost or to disciple. So you might have something on and they may go, wow, that is the neatest shirt. And you'll go, oh, yeah. Well, and you'll start talking about something and it'll lead to the Lord. Okay. That didn't, you understand what I'm saying though? Okay. So how do we prosper our souls? Well, we know we follow the truth of the word, but I just want to leave you this, with this one scripture, Philippians 4.8. My kids had to hear this so much growing up. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. See, if we would just do this, and I'm serious, if you judge everything in your life by this, you're not going to do anything unpleasing to the Lord. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And don't think about anything else. If it's going to come in front of your eyes and it does not satisfy one of these requirements, get rid of it. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. If we do this, the God of peace 
is our guard. The God of peace. That's where we walk. When we produce God's goodness, all this stuff, none of this stuff right here goes against God. It all is a demonstration of his character. And when you determine only to do these things, the glory of God cannot help but flow from your life. So if you are tempted to gossip about someone, just go ahead and zip it up. Just go ahead and get this little scripture out and say, is this gossip lovely? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? And if you answer no to any of those questions, then stop. And I'm not a fear mongerer, but the seed you sow, you get to harvest. So if you want to backstab someone, then don't be too surprised when your back starts, when someone comes up behind you. You see what I'm saying? Because when you walk in the purity of this, that's not going to happen. Because these are the seeds that will cause the harvest in your life. So, we walk in the glory because we draw nigh unto the Father. We draw nigh unto the Father by prospering our souls, by walking pleasing to him, by thinking on the things that are good and pure and noble and praiseworthy and such. Nobody can find fault with that. And in doing this, we are truly the light of the Lord. We are truly the glory demonstrated. You walk in this, you're going to, Walk up to someone and they're going to need healing and you are going to speak a word and it's going to manifest. You see what I'm saying? All right. That's what the Lord had me share with you today. So praise God. He's a good God. He's a loving Father. And he is here to shine his glory through you. So we're going to Accept our tithes and offerings, and for that I'm going to read Mark 12, verse 41, NIV. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury.